Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. From former A's outfielder... Here comes Katze! Here comes the relay! The slide! He's in there! Inside the park! Home run! Mark Katze! To A's manager, it's time for the Manager Show with Mark Katze. Presented by Nest Betting. The A's skipper sits down with Chris Townsend exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbetting.com today. Here's Chris Townsend. Time now for the Mark Kotze Show, brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Of course, Nest Betting has locations in the Bay Area, or you go online to nestbedding.com for all of your betting needs. You need a mattress, you need pillows, you need sheets, you name it. Go to one of their stores in the Bay Area, or go to nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code OAKLAND. You get 10% off your entire order. That's nestbedding.com. Kotz, how are you in Cleveland? Well, it's a beautiful day in Cleveland for sure. We're uh, we're getting ready to go out and do some early work with the boys and uh, get out there and, and hit on the velo machine today. Well, I got to tell you, getting ready for this series, it was kind of shocking to me when I went, okay, for the A's, it's your guys' 59th game. And, oh, by the way, Cleveland has only played 52 games. And we talked to Tom Hamilton yesterday on A's Cast Live, their, their longtime broadcaster. They had had nine cancellations so far this year. I'm like, oh my! I mean, hard to believe. So I'm just, I'm thankful you guys have great weather because they've had miserable weather, and they're going to have a boatload of doubleheaders to try and catch up. Yeah, you know, it will be a grind once they have to uh, to play those doubleheaders and make up these games. You know, we talk about Cleveland, and I mentioned how beautiful it is today, and they could turn on a dime uh, just basically being next to this lake, and the weather rolls in and Next thing you know, you're in a two-hour rain delay. So we're hopeful we don't have any rain delays this weekend and uh, and we get these games in and, and uh, we can pick up a couple Ws. You know, let's talk about one of your guys who, who started to get his mojo back. And the bottom line is we know Ramon Laureano. He hates going down to the minor leagues. He just, you know, l- let me get in there. He's a bull in a china shop. But obviously with the suspension, had to go to AAA, shows up. It's just so hard to replicate game speed at the major league level. He gets off to a slow start, but all of a sudden that hitting streak has changed everything for him. What are you seeing from a timing standpoint for Ramon Laureano? Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Townie, for Ramon, it took a minute for him to, I think, feel completely comfortable being back in, in the locker room, being back amongst you know, some of his teammates, that core group that, you know, he felt, um, you know, that he may have let down through this suspension. 
Um, Ramon and I have talked several times about, you know, how to go forward, how to move forward. And I think he's finally let that go and, and had those tough conversations with some of his teammates in that locker room. And he feels uh, at least somewhat more comfortable uh, about his environment. And I think that really, when it clicked, he started to take off. And as you talk about, it's never easy, um, you know, to be away from the game, especially for 80 days for a guy that is so passionate about baseball that really lives, eats, sleeps baseball. And, you know, when we talk about Ramon Laureano, we talk about, you know, the player that you know, will hit a double, take an extra base on a throw and then score a run. And he creates a run all by himself. And we've seen that over the last two weeks. We've seen that Ramon that we're used to watching the incredible catch that he made in right center in a game that was a 13 to two, you know, Christian Bethancourt on the mound and he's still playing the game hard. And and that says something about the character of, uh, of this kid. And, and I, you know, couldn't be happier about uh, his progress and, and what he's been able to do offensively for, for our group. Uh, especially over the last 10 days. Speaking of Bethancourt, now I absolutely hate position players pitching. Uh, it drives me nuts. I think it's a mockery of the game. But when you put him out there where he has pitched in professional baseball and he's throwing it whatever, 93 or whatever he's throwing it, when you put him in, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it is a whole different ball game. You know, Christian Bethencourt was a pitcher for the Padres. They converted him uh, and tried to make that his career path. It didn't, um, you know, end up being uh, something that Christian, um, you know, did or continued in his career. But so going to him the other night in Atlanta asking him to pitch, there's both a concern of injury uh, based on knowing that he's probably going to let it go and he's probably not going to lob it at 58 miles an hour uh, as you are, are normally, you know, watch uh, from a position player pitching. And sure enough, you know, I think when he threw his first fastball to Olsen, it was 94.5 and you could tell Matt kind of steps back and his eyes went, wow, okay. And then he throws this like 78 mile an hour BP heater and Matt rolls over, um, you know, so uh, you're right. It, it's it's a little bit more comforting knowing that he can throw strikes because he's a former pitcher, uh, but you never want to get a guy injured as well. You know, noticing his game, you know, when he, try, when he tries to pull the ball, you know, some guys, it's an art form, pulling the ball, and that's what they do. And then there's other guys that really have that power that if they stay inside the ball and they take it to right center, it really plays for him. And I've noticed lately for Bethancourt, as his numbers start to get better, the fact that he's driving the ball to right center, whether it's for a home run or it's for a double, it just seems to be that's where the ball plays off its bat best. What are you seeing with him at the, at the plate as he looks like he's getting better? Yeah, I, I would definitely uh, agree with you in terms of his strength and his strength is to that right center gap. He's got you know, I've talked about it in the past that we were waiting for this power. Um, you know, he hadn't hit a home run in, I think it was five years. Um, and, and at that point, uh, when you watched him take BP, you knew there was big power and it's shown up in the last, uh, five to 10 days. Uh, his path is cleaned up. He's on the baseball you know, last night, uh, here in Cleveland, he hit four balls. You couldn't have hit him any harder and, um, you know, I think if he was a millimeter under 
um, two of the baseballs they probably would have had. He probably would have hit three home runs last night. So it's good to see him heating up. It's good to see him uh, having some success and, and being a part of the uh, the offense now. You know, when you think about good stories, Jared Koenig is an unbelievable story. His college story, his independent ball story, his story down to Australia. I mean, you name it, everywhere this kid went, you'd think there's no way he's going to make the big leagues. Too many obstacles, too many hurdles. So when you were able to tell him, uh, here's the ball, go get him, what was that like? And was it like for all you guys to know about this know his story and how he got to the big leagues and how special it is. Yeah. You know, we talked about it, little County in spring training that this season was going to um, have, you know, there's going to be opportunity for guys to make their debuts and how special that was going to be for, for these guys and the, the, the grind that it took for Christian Bethencourt to get back to the big leagues uh, and to have his, you know, first major league at bat in several years and the grinds, that these guys go through. And, and as you talk about Koenig, you know, that's a, an amazing journey and a perseverance, the grit that it took to, to just keep going and, and handing him the ball and, uh, you know, seeing the, the pure excitement, the pure joy. Yes, there was some nerves um, as, as every uh, young man that takes the mound for the first time at a major league ballpark, especially that in Atlanta against the world series championship team with a 40,000 crowd, you know, the sellout crowd, um, you know, I thought Jared handled himself really well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to see. And you know, when we talk about a year of discovery, and you talk, that's what we call it on the post game show of trying just, you know, you got to find guys that can help you now, and find guys who can help you in the future. I know his age is not, you know, not really looking for the future, but I'm kind of like I want to see more of them. You know, why not? How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, you will see more of them. He's going to get another opportunity to start here and uh, against another great caliber team in Boston. Um, you know, and and I think you know, I think the nerves will be somewhat uh, subdued for him. I think he's recognized uh, some things. You know, I talked to him yesterday just about uh, what you take away from from your first big league start. And he said, well, the, the biggest noticeable difference is that these big league hitters, they don't expand. They don't swing outside the zone very often. And, you know, that is that there's a separator there with uh, the levels uh, as, as each level you go up, but from, from AAA to the, to the big leagues, especially uh, that Atlanta lineup, those guys didn't expand. They didn't swing out of zone. And uh, when you force a pitcher to, to get inside that zone, it, it, uh, it generally benefits the hitter, but um, you know, he's, he's definitely, um, going forward, uh, learn, you know, from the first experience and I, and I expect him to go out and, uh, and be better next, next time out. You know, when I look at caps outing yesterday and I just think of catfish hunter and he gave up two solo home runs, it's just two runs. So when I evaluate it and I evaluate him, I go, okay, not a bad start. I would have liked to have seen him gone longer in the game. How do you think, obviously, you're always going to be concerned with his health. Uh, where is he right now? How do you see, Cap, where we are right now in the season and going forward? Yeah, you know, I thought it was a good outing for Cap. You know, you, you're looking for that balance between sending him back out for that sixth inning and, and having him go through the two, three, four part of that lineup, which is all left-handed, which, you know, all three of those hitters had uh, – uh, hits against him uh, in their previous at bat. So you evaluate 
you know, getting Cap out on a positive note, even though he gave up two solo home runs to two really good hitters. Um, you know, you, you want him to leave that game with a good feeling, and I think that he did. He should have left that game with a good feeling, uh, only giving up two runs through five innings. Uh, you know, we went to our bullpen where we felt we had good matchups. You know, A.J. Puck comes in against those three lefties. And, uh, you know, for us, it's always about giving these guys the best opportunity to have success uh, and matching them up. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there towards the end, we, we couldn't get our job done and, uh, you know, ended up on the wrong end of that game last night. You know, when you look at managing a bullpen, now that you've been doing this for a while and obviously all the years being on the bench, what do you think really is the main key to managing a bullpen? Because there's so many guys down there, hot, cold, you know, just what, what, what do you think the key is? Yeah, I don't know if there's one key. I think obviously it's, it's every day you evaluate which guys you feel, um, you know, are having the best success. And, and you, you also take into, you, you, you evaluate whether or not their workload has impact on them. You know, you, you've got to be able to take care of their arms as well because it is a long season. So, you know, grinding on the one hot guy and, and utilizing him to get through games every day uh, ends up in the long run most likely wearing them down. So there's a balance to it. I think we're constantly looking at the matchups. We're constantly looking at, as you talk about, who's hot, who's throwing the baseball well, and, uh, and trying to line them up to get us uh, through a game. Yeah, I got to think it's tough when you're like, boy, I really would like to pitch him, but I've thrown him three out of the last four days. But, boy, I would really like to pitch him. Like, if you got a hot guy, you want to run him out there all the time. Obviously, you can't, but my, it, that's got to be so tough as a manager, knowing who's hot and going, I can't use my best. Uh, you know, the thing that comes to the front of my mind is watching Joe Torre use his bullpen, and I think it was Daniel Robertson maybe. Uh, who set up for uh, Mariano Rivera, he would pitch, as you talk about, four out of five. And, and you know, for us nowadays, uh, not only would, would we probably have upper management down our throat, but we'd probably have the training staff out there before we even decided to bring him into the game saying, hey, his, uh, you've used him four out of five days. Like, that, that's enough, you know. So, um, you know, again, we're looking at the health. We're looking at the longevity of these guys and trying to keep them healthy throughout the, the, the long season. Well, let's end on this. Your buddy Phil Nevin, another Cal State Fullerton guy, is now the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. I know you know Phil really well. Uh, you got to be happy for him. What, what, what do you? Th and we people have said it for years. They think Phil Nevin's going to be a manager. What What were your first thoughts when you heard about him taking over for Joe Madden? Yeah, well, I obviously have a good, really close relationship with Phil, and I I couldn't be happier for him. He's persevered. For a long time, it's his journey in coaching started uh, out in, in, I believe, at Fullerton managing an independent team. Um, I want to say that was 2011 or 2012 uh, when he got done playing. So he's grinded a long time. He's put a lot of hard work in uh, to this career path and, and well-deserved. And I think Phil's the right guy for that job. Uh, he, he's got a huge uh, heart. He's, he's, he's very emotional and passionate about his players. And, uh, you know, one of the things, Tony, that I'd like to talk about, uh, you know, from from our standpoint is is honoring our, our head coach at Cal State Fullerton with Augie Garrido. And I know Augie's up there looking down on us and, and smiling. And uh, I couldn't be couldn't be more proud to 
to uh, have mentored under him and, and to, uh, to be able to call Augie a friend. You know, we just had David Esker on the program, the head coach of Stanford, and you know how good Stanford's program is. And Esker played for their national championship teams in the 80s. Then he was the coach at Cal for Mark Canna and Marcus Simeon. Then he's, he's gone back to his alma mater. And I know what he has meant to some of our A's players over there in Cal and now what he's doing at Stanford. And, and these college coaches – they do so much for people. I recently had my old head coach on at San Jose State who you competed against, Sam Ferraro, for, for many, many years. And what these guys do for us, they educate us, they teach us. And Augie Garrido, one of the greats, whether it's Fullerton or what he did at Texas, you know, we don't praise these guys enough. And I'm glad that you did that because you think of all the tremendous players that went through Cal State Fullerton and learned from your old, your, your old head coach. Yeah, we were really blessed. We were blessed to have a great, great man lead us and, and teach us, like you talk about, not only the game of baseball, but, but the value of relationships in life and what it really means, uh, the impact it can have. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful uh, to have gone there, to have played for Augie. And, uh, and I know Phil would, would, would say the same. All righty. Enjoy the rest of Cleveland, then Fenway Park, and we'll see you back in Oakland. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks again. That's the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area. You go into their stores or you go online to nestbedding.com for all your bedding needs. Mattress, sheets, pillows, you name it. And when you go there, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Go to nestbedding.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 